Hi everyone, my name is Sasha. I'm a crypto attorney and founder of Hotter Law Firm. Here's a quick update on the most recent filings in the BlockFi bankruptcy case. BlockFi sent a notice to every creditor that was in the interest-bearing accounts, letting them know that they can file a claim and letting them know how much assets BlockFi has in their records, stating that that person is owed. This has been quite contentious for users because it's come to light that BlockFi sold all assets based on November 10th pricing. So the day before BlockFi went into bankruptcy, it crystallized how much money everyone had in their accounts and it used that value and those, which was 16,000 per Bitcoin. It was the day after Bitcoin's bottom. Would have been nice if they had left it in Bitcoin because then people would have 10,000 more of a claim for each Bitcoin they had in the BlockFi interest bearing accounts. BlockFi has made the determination that anyone that was in the yield paying products or the interest bearing accounts, similar to the Celsius Earn program, those assets were property of the bankruptcy estate and BlockFi was in their right to sell them. They must have thought it was the prudent thing to do at the time, but they actually performed the sale on November 28th using the pricing values of November 10th. They have agreed to redact client names from the publications, so unlike in the Celsius case, Case where everyone's last 90 days worth of transactions and their first and last name were revealed on the internet to anyone interested, BlockFi will keep that information redacted. So that's at least one positive coming out from last week's court hearing. The claims process, you know, the form, it's not written in a customer-friendly way. So if you can have an attorney fill that out with you, it is advisable to have someone that's familiar with bankruptcy law to look over your particular situation and help you fill in that claims form. Whether you're a secured creditor, there's several different buckets of what type of creditor you are on the platform. If you had money just in the wallet, if you had a loan from BlockFi and you had collateral posted for your loan, that's treated differently than the people who were getting the earn accounts. The people that just had wallet balances were not included in the claims form process because BlockFi has filed a motion to treat those people separately. It's very clear in the terms of service that those assets belong to the customers and not to the bankruptcy estate. But the UCC representing the broad group of creditors has objected to that. So we don't have a decision yet. In the objection, they cited the Celsius Courts judge who explained all the reasons that they couldn't pay out the wallet holders right away because there's a thing called preference in bankruptcy cases and the previous 90 days before BlockFi filed bankruptcy, anyone that they paid, there's an assumption that they were already broke. So if they paid one creditor back and didn't pay another creditor, then they can sue the creditor that they did pay back in that 90 day period and split that money evenly amongst all the creditors. However, it's determined in the bankruptcy process. So we'll see how it plays out, but it's looking like it's not going to be so clear cut as to whether the wallet holders actually get their funds back very soon. The communications are being sent through the Kroll service who's also handling the Celsius and Voyager bankruptcy and the FTX one I believe um, the administrative side of those so if your information on the BlockFi website was current Kroll should have your up-to-date email and home address and have mailed you and emailed you a package with your claims form outlining how much they believe they owe you if you agree with that number
member, you don't have to do anything, but if you disagree with it or want to dispute it, you can file a claims form. Those forms are due by March 31st. If you didn't get your package in the mail, it means you've got an out-of-date address on file, so you need to contact Kroll and get that updated. It has come to light that BlockFi paid a settlement of $15 million to a former employee. It doesn't say the employee's name. It's perceived that they were somewhat in, the, in an executive level position and they sued BlockFi on August 23rd and received, of 2022, and received a confidential settlement of $15 million. That was in the 90-day look-back period, so it is being reviewed and it has come to light in the bankruptcy proceedings. The reason for that lawsuit, the former staff member threatened BlockFi saying that BlockFi didn't disclose the level of contagion risk they had when this staff member was making choices of how much of their income they wanted to allocate to the BlockFi equity program or how much they wanted to receive as part of their paycheck. BlockFi didn't admit any wrongdoing, but the CEO, Zach Prince, did pay $6.44 million of that settlement himself. So it happened and $15 million was paid out. So as we know, BlockFi has placed all loans on what's called an administrative forbearance. So no one is required to pay back their loans at this time. No interest is being collected on the loans. They're at a zero interest rate and no outstanding or delinquencies are being reported to the credit bureau. These will remain on a forbearance for an undisclosed or unlimited period of time. It's possible they'll never make it out of administrative forbearance or it's possible at the end of the bankruptcy proceeding, BlockFi will try and collect on some of this based based on how much you get back of the collateral, like, or how much the, say you had two Bitcoin on collateral for a loan, you had to keep 70% of that Bitcoin on hold with BlockFi. So if BlockFi in the end is only able to pay you back, say you had two Bitcoin on there and it turns out they can only pay back half a Bitcoin in the end, then maybe they'll ask for some portion of their loan back to cover 70% of half a Bitcoin, or it could be worked out something like that, but it's also possible that these will just stay in administrative forbearance. BlockFi has yet to do a settlement analysis of the loans, of how much loans are set off by the existing collateral they have on record right now. It's a bit of a nightmare to figure out all these balances for all these different users, but it's something that they're working on right now. Something interesting that is in each user's loan agreement is that it's based on each person's state. So how they figure out how much loans they need to repay is based on the secured interest rules of Article 9, the UCC Article 9, which varies depending on what state the creditor lives in. So it's, as you can imagine, you know, 50 different laws are going to be implicated here. So it is going to take some time to sort through. There's actually a 20-day look-back period for vendors. So anyone that entered a vending agreement with, with BlockFi in the 20 days before the filing of bankruptcy on November 28th, those, they can get out of their contract more easily than people can in the loan contracts. So if, you know, BlockFi was pretty disingenuous in one case, or, you know, I think people are, are pissed off generally, but, uh, you know, people are pissed that they sold the crypto values primarily, but also, they published tweets leading up to the pause of the platform or the you know restrictions on withdrawals saying that everything was fine and encouraging people to continue using the platform or keeping the balance of their loans up to date with uh, you know as Bitcoin prices were falling that week before they filed for bankruptcy a lot of people put more money into their loan balance to keep it at the 70% collateralization requirement 
and it was a little disingenuous for BlockFi to be telling people to do that when they knew they were about to file bankruptcy. But according to the contract that each person would have signed with their loans, BlockFi was in their rights to continue asking for that collateral right up until the day of the bankruptcy, or at least what it looks like on a first glance. If you're in these buckets, it's it's a good idea to get some kind of representation at these hearings because all of the bigger players are represented and there's not enough money to go around. So you want your interest to be heard at these hearings and things like asking, you know, why did they sell out of the crypto? It's probably not a question that's going to get resolved. The, the sale was done. But asking, you know, was it fair to tell us to keep funding the loan balances when you knew you were on bankruptcy. BlockFi's finances coming out, they owe a lot of money to various people. There's a 2.5% equity stake owed to Core Scientific. There's a pending settlement that in a yet-to-be-determined amount with Global X Digital. BlockFi still has a chance to contest that, but it is, you know, some of these people that are not in the, not general creditors that were using the platform, but they were vendors or had other kind of side deals, they are starting to get settlements worked out already. There's 65 names on the legal process server document. So there's 65 different lawyers that are getting communication of every time something's filed on the docket. So if that tells you anything, you know, a lot of people have already lawyered up and have someone representing their interest in this proceeding. The UCC is a group that is supposed to represent the interest of a broad group of the just general creditors, the unsecured creditors and the secured creditors that were in the interest bearing accounts and the loan accounts. These individuals have money on the platform too and they've also taken on a fiduciary duty to represent the best interest of each bucket of creditor, but it's good to have someone fighting just for your specific bucket too because like we say, there's not enough money to go around so it's kind of like a dogfight to get the remaining assets that are there in the estate to be allocated to the appropriate. The court has also approved a confidential settlement with Backbone Mining Solutions LLC. The bankruptcy trustee has objected to keeping the top 50 creditors names sealed. There's a hearing scheduled for that on February 21st so once that hearing happens we'll know whether or not we get to find out who those top 50 creditors are. We know it includes the SEC, they're owed, they were owed 50 million and BlockFi had paid a certain portion of that and they're scheduled to keep getting their fine amount and a lot of states are similarly situated that they're each owed money from that big 100 million fine BlockFi had last year. So it would be nice if these government agencies would just step out of the way and say, hey, give that pot to the, the people that were sworn to protect. But so far they have not stepped out of the way. They're still vying to collect their money as well. They had a ruling that 50% equity holders, which you know, likely only be um, Zach Prince, but anyone with over 50% equity, sometimes you can do an accounting trick to write off a worthless debt or to call the whole stock in the company worthless and get a huge tax implication for doing that against your income. You can write off all the amount that, that you know comes from having a worthless stock, but the judge declined allowing Zach to have that tax benefit. Speaking of taxes, there is a provision in the bankruptcy 
in the tax code pertaining to bankruptcy that allows investors, if something's a total write-off, it's uh, section 547 of the IRS guidance, it's a consensus publication, and it says any loss that occurs for a financial institution when it becomes insolvent or bankrupt can be deducted as either a casualty loss, which requires a federally declared disaster, and as much as it may feel like this is a federal disaster, what's happening here to people's finances, it, it doesn't qualify. It's usually like hurricanes or earthquakes, things like that. Or two, and this is where it does qualify, a non-business bad debt. And this gets recorded as a short-term capital loss. So if you lost more than 3,000, you could write off 3,000 this year and then carry that loss forward every year against your income based on however much you lost. Now, the challenge with doing this is you don't know how much you lost yet. So the prudent way would be to wait till the end of the bankruptcy proceeding and then you know exactly the value of your loss or now talk with your CPA, but maybe you could write it off as an entire write-off now and just adjust it later if you end up getting anything back. Again, talk with the CPA on that before filing anything. The bidding procedures for the distressed assets were approved on January 30th, so everyone has to have their qualified bids in by February 20th, and there'll be an auction on February 28th. And then on March 16th, people can contest the auction, and then the final decisions and disclosures will go out to the public on April 3rd. Hopefully they'll, they'll get to sell some assets at, at a decent price and add those funds to the bankruptcy estate. If you like this content, please make sure to subscribe to my channel, like this video, post a comment in the video. Thanks.